guys, welcome back to Starry Milana. I am your friend, your pal, your host, Milana. This is my sixth episode, which is very exciting for me. So, as Starry Milana, we have three different segments. The first one is BTS, in which we catch up and I give you a little look into my past week. The second segment is called Talk Worthy, in which we cover trending topics in the media. And then the third segment is called Dropping Gems, in which I pick a topic and offer a fun perspective on it. And these topics are often inspired by people I meet, events I attend, conversations I've had, maybe a show I watched. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, there is a visual to this. Please visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. Make sure to subscribe. Give a thumbs up. Maybe leave a comment if you're feeling generous. Um, And if you're listening on the podcast app, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and a review. Now, for those of you who only watch on YouTube, I decided I'm going to try something a little bit different this week. I'm going to split the episode in two parts. So I will do the BTS and the Talkworthy segment as one, and then I will do the Dropping Gems like topic of the week as a completely different video. And the first one will be released on Milana Monday, hashtag, and then the second one will be released maybe on Wednesday. So I'm trying to spread out my content on YouTube. Um, that way I can make the titles a little more relevant to what is actually in the video since we cover so much here. So we're going to give it a try this week and see how it goes. If you only watch on YouTube, you will have to wait for Wednesday for the actual topic of the week, but you can always go to a podcast app and listen to the topic of the week there. I will have the full episode out on my podcast app every single hashtag Milana Monday, okay? So with that being said, let's get into this episode and let's get into the BTS. If you're watching on YouTube, yes, I did cut my hair. It is uh, shorter and a little bit thinner than before. It's in an A-line cut, but you won't be able to tell because I parted it on the right side. So it kind of just looks like uh, a confused A-line, but it's not. And I actually kind of like it. At first I I was like, oh my God, is this too short? But now I'm growing into it and I really like it. What do you guys think? Leave a comment, let me know. And also if you're wondering why I'm wearing this um, fancy red dress that uh, cinches me so, Mm, let's say graciously at the waist, um, is because it's Valentine's week, okay? Valentine's Day is on Thursday, so we here at Starring Milana thought that I should get into spirit, okay? Um, Speaking of Valentine's Day, do you guys have plans? What are you guys doing for Valentine's Day? So I kind of left my boyfriend to figure out the plans, which probably would have been something sweet and you know, like dinner or something. And then I decided, you know what? No, I have some input. I need a massage. So I said, listen, I'm kind of over the dinner. We can go another night. Can we just do like a couple's massage? And he was totally into it. So we scheduled a couple's massage. And then I said, and then we can go home and make sushi. Some of you might think it's weird, but our like second Valentine's, he uh, surprised me with a like sushi dinner at home. He went to Little Tokyo, he bought protein and rice and sushi rollers and chopsticks and sake, everything that you need to make sushi. And we learned how to make it at home together and it was so good. So that was like, two Valentine's Day back and I actually loved it. It was like probably one of my favorite Valentine's Days. So I was like, why don't we just recreate that? Because I love sushi. I don't want to go to dinner after I just got my body like, you know, relaxed and massaged and now I just look like I need to go to sleep. So I'd rather go home and make sushi. So that's kind of our plans. 
what are y'all doing? Also, if you don't have like a Valentine, like a significant other or a Valentine, there are other things we can do. There's two types of single people, okay? There's, uh, I'm going to reference to girls because I feel like guys don't care. There's Galentine's Day, right? The girls that are single and get together with their girlfriends and do like a fun dinner or movie night or whatever, which I think is so adorable. I'm actually supposed to be going to a Galentine's on Wednesday with my cousin and her um, bachelorette party crew. So that should be fun. And then there's the other people. Listen to me, guys. Um... Even when I didn't have a Valentine, I was still happy for people who had Valentines. And I was excited to see their pictures and their dinners. And, like, I don't care. Like, this year I don't have one. What the fuck ever. I was actually very, very happy to see other people's, like, celebrating their love, okay? Um, So those of you who go on social media and write paragraphs or tweets about days like National Boyfriend, Girlfriend Day, or about Valentine's Day, and about how they're not real holidays and it's a scam and blah, 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 y'all might be some haters. I want you guys to do some deep reflection. Like, we know, okay? We know that it's not a real thing, but when people are in love, they are happy. They kind of, like, want to celebrate it. It just is what the fuck it is. So don't be a fucking hater. I hate a Grinch, okay? Just... Sit there in silence. You don't need to put your two cents because you kind of look bitter, okay? So don't be that single person because let's be honest. If you had someone doing something nice for you, you wouldn't be talking at all, okay? You would probably be right there, happy, bubbly, eating candy. It's Valentine's Day. So just, just, just be happy. Another thing. This week I discovered that I actually knew this, but now it really uh, solid- it's solidified. Um, In the middle of my podcast, <laughs> hey, this is my friend J-Rod interrupting our podcast. Hi. Okay, you look Thanks, you too. See you later. I'll call you as soon as I'm done. Let me see what you're wearing so I know what to wear. You're so hot. You're wearing sneakers? Yeah. Okay, I'll try to be a better version of myself. Sorry, guys. Um, I'm going out tonight with some gals and we're trying to figure out what we're wearing, what we're doing. Um, okay. Anyway. So one thing I discovered this week, which I already knew, but it has now been solidified, is I cannot stand paper straws for the fucking life of me, okay? Listen, I understand we're trying to be, like, environmentally conscious. I don't like them. They get all soggy and disgusting. What the fuck is the point if I can't even enjoy my Diet Coke in peace? Okay, I'm drinking paper. So I'm trying to figure out why or when restaurants will get metal straws. Now, some of you might think that's kind of, like, disgusting, because it's a metal straw and they're reusing it, but you you reuse the fork all the fucking time. And you just have high hopes that the people in the back are washing your forks and your spoons thoroughly. So you have to have the same high hopes about these metal straws that restaurants need to invest in, because I cannot deal with these paper straws. They're disgusting. I actually carry a portable metal straw in my bag for this particular reason, and I often forget to use it and forget that I have it, but when I see a paper straw, I'm instantly reminded why I own that, okay? Because they suck. Um, So it's Grammys week and I'm in the events industry. I do event design. I've had seven events this week and I think one or two of them pertaining to Grammys, but I have been at the Staples Center setting up the after party for three, four days and I'm exhausted. Um, 
I'm excited to watch them, but that has been consuming the majority of my time. I barely got to sit down and do this podcast, okay? So this is, like, I'm so grateful for this time because I feel like this is, like, my time, but also our time, but it's not really our time because it's not really live. So, like, our time is later when you're listening to it, but it's my time with you guys, which is the camera and Lena. So this is my special moment time, okay? So I'm so happy to be here after an exhausting week of setting up events. Um, also this week, I started watching American Crime Story, the assassination of Gianni Versace. <sighs> you guys, my heart it really is kind of depressing. I've been watching it when I have time, which is basically before I go to sleep. And you know what? doesn't leave you in high spirits. So after I watch it, I have to watch an episode of Friends so that I'm put in a good mood because it kind of is very, like, disturbing and, like, like awkward and cringy. It's an uncomfortable show. It's very well done. Um... I like it a lot. I'm very impressed. I know I'm late to the game because it's been on for a while. I didn't watch it when I was on TV, but it's on Netflix now. So if you guys have Netflix, go watch it. And I'm very impressed. And I'm almost done with it. um, But there's so much that I didn't know and so much I learned. So shout out to um, everyone that was a part of that show. I'm, I'm a fan. All right, guys. So we're in the talk worthy segment discussing all of the things that have been going on in the media. And um, there's been a lot going on. Can you all get your friends... There's just been too much. Like, this is going to be a much longer segment than usual, okay? First, let me start with the light, lighter things. The 2020 election. So, people are announcing their candidacy. Did I pronounce that right? I got a thumbs up. Candidacy. <laughs> this is the moment that I realized I cannot be on television is when I'm like, I can't pronounce shit. Like, I can't be doing this live. But you know what? It is who it is. I am who I am. And you know what? I got a very nice DM. Somebody telling me that they think that it's funny and amusing and great and authentic that I don't know how to pronounce things and that I don't edit it out. Because who are we if we are not who we are? <laughs> Wait, I tried to be so deep. And that was so bad. <laughs> I can't laugh at this dress. It's too tight. You can see the imprint of my belly uh, buttonhole. Okay, I'm going to move on. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Okay. Anyway, uh, people are announcing their candidacy for the 2020 election. And when people, I mean the Democrats, because Trump is, I guess, the uh, only nominee because, I mean, he's the president, so he's running again. I don't know how, I don't know how it works. All I know is he's already in the game, so we got we to gotta figure out who on the Democrat side, on the Democrat side. It's going to be in the game, okay? So a lot of people uh, are entering the race. So far, just a few I'm going to name. We have Kamala Harris, Reppin' Cali, Elizabeth Warren. She's going hard. We have Corin Book... Corey. Corey. Corey Booker. <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard. Julian Castro. I always like the last name Castro. Don't vote for him just because his last name is Castro, dude. Do your research. Um, Kirsten Gillibrand. Can't pronounce it. You know... Gillibrand. Gillibrand? That's going to be a tough name to say if you are the president. Um, and more. I'm just excited to see how it all plays out. So, yeah, speaking of politics, our girl Nance. Mm. Nancy fucking Pelosi. You guys, I'm so proud. I'm so proud to be a Californian sometimes. You know, she's repping us so hard. She is just... Petty fucking Betty, okay? I mean, did you see her petty wop clap at President Trump? There she was at the State of the Union speech, okay, listening to Trump. 
wearing her nice white outfit, which was very symbolic also, do your research. Uh, you know, it stood up to clap. But she made she sure she stood up and gave the little look, the little pettywop look and the side clap. Some people are saying that she's childish, that she should respect his speech and not behave this way. We try being diplomatic. And when I say we, I mean, yeah, I mean we, me, Nance, our squad, like we try being diplomatic. And it's not like she's disrespecting him. It's just kind of like, you know, that's some, this is the thing. That's some shit Trump would do. And although we shouldn't stoop down to his level, I do find it kind of funny and you know honestly I think Trump probably found it funny it is like a historic photo that will forever have in probably our history books hashtag petty betty um and I think it was great you know I think it's just like a little bit of humor and everything that's going on so shout out to Nance so two things that are very different but I thought kind of symbolized the same thing this week is John Legend and Adam Levine have a commercial with Pampers in which they're like in what would traditionally be deemed like a woman's or mother role where they're changing the diapers and playing with the kids and watching after the kids. Um, and I loved that, okay? First of all, it made my whole, oh, mm, made my whole heart melt. <laughs> and then the second thing that I found interesting was that New Jersey signed into law that schools are required to include noble LGBTQ members or people of the LGBTQ community into school curriculums. That means they have to kind of talk about them. They have to include in the history books. They have to mention people who are part of the LGBTQ community um, somewhere in their, maybe it's history in their history curriculum. So the reason why I thought both of these things were so important is because it just showed representation. Um, you know, fathers that are stay-at-home dads or people of the LGBTQ community, like obviously two very different things, but I think it's so important to see yourself represented in some sort of way because it normalizes those things, right? Things that aren't considered normal, it becomes normal. And um, people feel more confident and more proud um, to be a part of either one of those things. Like if you are a stay-at-home dad, there's not shame to that. You know, like look at John Legend, he's doing it. Look at, I look at Adam Levine, obviously these people of such magnitude, but they do have downtime where they switch roles with their wives, right? So if you are a stay-at-home dad, you can somehow relate and feel important and valuable as well. And same thing with people who are in the LGBTQ community, you are now represented in the state of New Jersey. Like people that do notable things are, are important, are a part of history, will be taught in schools and that is very important especially for young kids who are confused about their maybe sexual orientation or um, they, who they love, what they like, who they are. This is very important because now they feel represented and maybe um, it'll be more accepted, okay? So yeah, very different but I thought that they kind of tied in and it was very interesting. The next thing that I want to talk about is Gucci. You know, you guys, I love Gucci. It's uh, my personal favorite brand. I have a lot of things from Gucci. And I'm really disappointed in Gucci. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, they were selling, it's now removed, but they were selling this like sweater with a high collar that went over your mouth. 
and it came in like black and I think ivory. Um, but when it went over your mouth, there was an opening for your mouth and around it was red lips. And it really resembled a uh, black face. Very, very obviously, I think. First of all, why? Like, I don't know if they thought this was going to be like a trend that it was going to happen. I don't know what the fuck they thought. It was first ugly. Sorry, Gucci. Ugly. Um, but second, how did the fuck did we get to the point of it making it online with a price next to it? How did we get to that point? Um, who works there? Like, no, like all of the channels of... I don't know, communication, approval, like who, how did it get to that point? First of all, the fact that it was conceptualized by somebody is already like interesting to me. Okay, so maybe the person that it was conceptualized by like is slightly ignorant or has no relation to it or doesn't even know about it. I don't know. Let's just think. Let's just pretend that's what happened, okay? Um, fine. Then it got to the sewing department. Okay, people are sewing. No one's commenting on it. Cool. Uh, then it got to the fitting right? We're fitting the models and they're trying it on and you see it in person and still nobody made a comment. And then the photo shoot comes and there's maybe a hundred people in the room. They're shooting these models. Nobody notices what this is. And then it gets to editing and then it gets sent to the people who do the website. And then it goes up like nobody. And then it gets to making a price for it. Like at what point does somebody need to be like, hello, what the fuck? This is inappropriate. And I don't know. Like, I'm, I, I had this discussion with Lena earlier. You know, I'm just trying to figure out, like, was, was it intentional? Like, did they do this? Or I, I don't know if the person or the people who originally came up with it were like, yeah, this is inappropriate because this shows this. Or maybe they didn't even think about it. And then somewhere down the line, someone was like, hey, guys, uh, this is very close to blackface. I don't think this is a good idea. This is, like, fucked up. And maybe those people were like, oh, we don't care. Or maybe nobody said anything. I don't know how we got to this point, but we, we need this shit to stop. And it's weird that in 2019, this is still happening. And I hate that I have to say in 2019, this is still happening because it shouldn't have been happening in 2018 or 2017. It shouldn't be happening at all. Like, I think people need to be more socially aware, um, more sensitive. You know, I'll be honest with you. There's, cultures that I, there's things about other cultures that I don't know about. I could be insulting somebody's culture that I have no clue about. You know, I might not know a lot about Indian culture, um, maybe a lot about certain Asian cultures. There's a lot of things I might not know. I might be using a word I shouldn't be using, um, saying things I shouldn't be saying, maybe doing a gesture when you go to a different country, maybe you're doing a gesture that's considered disrespectful. Sure, I understand. There's things that, like, we may not know. So with that being said, like, Gucci's obviously made in Italy. Um, I don't know if all of their design happens there. Uh, I don't know the logistics behind it. I actually want to do some research. So I don't know if blackface is considered, you know, as traumatizing and horrific in Italy as it is in America. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how and why they got to that point. Because I don't think that there's an excuse for that type of shit. So you have... Gucci, you have Prada that did something similar. Um, there's a few other lines. But here's the thing, like H&M, obviously. But where are the people who know that this is inappropriate and are either A, keeping their mouth shut, um, B, are being silenced, right? Or C, they just don't exist. Maybe, maybe there needs to be 
here it is. We need to create a position, okay, in like America and all countries and all companies uh, for people who are just culturally aware, okay? Maybe we call it like a director of culture. <laughs> I don't know, but I think most of these, especially brands that have like trillions of dollars, we need to hire people who are just aware and are sensitive to different ethnicities, different cultures, and a word that I don't really like to use, but I will in the sake of this, different races. Um, that's what I think the next step needs to be, and maybe this is a push for that because they got a lot of backlash. Obviously, H&M got a lot of backlash. Um, Prada got a lot of backlash, and I just feel like if we have people who are designated for these positions, then maybe one, they wouldn't feel nervous speaking out about it. Um, and two, they actually exist. You know what I mean? Um, you People need to be, companies need to be held responsible for these types of things because it's not okay. I know a lot of people, a lot of black people who spend a ton of money on Gucci, okay? Love Gucci, rep Gucci. And this is very disappointing because they feel like their people don't matter. Like they don't matter when things like this happen. So it's kind of disappointing. All right, the next um, people are acting out of line. I guess this talk-worthy uh, segment on episode six is really focused on people just acting out, okay? Um, some in a good way, like Petty Betty Nance, and then we got Gucci, and now also um, Liam Neeson. You guys know that guy? You know the Taken guy? We all like him. We all, we all uh, need him in our lives, right? So Liam... Another disappointment. Um, he gave an interview. I'm not sure if this is an old interview or a newer interview, but this kind of resurfaced or surfaced. I don't fucking know. Um, he said that one of his friends got raped, and when he asked her to describe the person, she basically said it was a black guy and that he was so f pissed, infuriated, whatever, that he got a gun and he went out for a week looking for a black guy to provoke him so he can kill him, any black guy. First of all, what the fuck was the point of you sharing that information? I'm confused. What the fuck was the point? I think that if he would have shared the story and then kind of had the intention of showing how easy it is for certain people to become racist um, or why certain people are racist and how that's problematic, that would have been very important. Um, but he didn't. He did not. He did not say that. I would have liked him to say, "I can't believe that I thought that way or that I behaved that way. Um, that was so inappropriate, and I'm sorry for those moments of racism that I had." That would have been the best approach. Instead, he told the story, and I think he said, "I'm ashamed." I don't know if they gave his full interview, but that's all that I saw. And then when people were kind of calling him out about it, he was saying, "No, I'm not racist. I'm not racist." Um, well, let's talk about it. I feel like what is racism, right? When you are condemning a whole group of people based on their skin color because of something one person did, like you're out to kill all black men because of what one black man did, I, I think that's a form of racism. I just don't think that people need to give information like this if they're not going to take ownership of their wrongdoings. What the fuck was the point of this? Like we, the, this is something that is probably going to be bad for your career, it happened. We probably didn't need to know about it. And if you do want to share because you feel guilty and you have a guilty conscience, let's talk about the whole story. Let's use the word racist and how you were racist. Maybe not now, but for a moment and for a while, right? Speaking of people who don't need to be talking about shit is this whole Demi Lovato and 21 Savage situation. Um, since I didn't really get to talk about it last week, I just want to make a quick comment about that. Okay, 
Nobody knew he was British. Yes. You know, sure, the memes were funny. Um, and I guess innocent for the most part. The thing that was funny to me about them is that they were so quick. I wasn't necessarily laughing at the memes. I was laughing at the fact that Twitter is just so fucking fast, okay? Like, that they behaved so quickly that they created these memes. That's what, what to me, was funny. I don't think that this was a good time for celebrities to kind of instigate the humor, okay? Maybe you giggled for a second in private, but I don't think you need to tweet about it because you have a platform. People are reading this, right? People see it. Um, it's a time for support, not not to kind of like instigate this shit that's going on. Because I don't know if you guys realize, and maybe Demi didn't realize she had no capacity of how serious this shit was. He's actually in prison, locked up, okay? He has no fucking freedom, you guys. He's in prison. Can't see his kids. He's in prison. Do you think it's comforting for him to get on a call with a friend and ask what's going on and for him to hear that Demi Lovato is laughing about the shit on Twitter or Chris Brown? I don't think so. And for those of you who think that it's funny or that it's okay that he's going through this because he, like other immigrants, needs to go through the proper like legal system, well, he already has. He applied for a U visa a few years ago. So they obviously had his information. They've had his address. They've known everything about him for a while. And ironically, he releases a song in which he kind of talks about um, immigration and how everything has been handled at the border. And... They come and they get him. This is very troubling to me because I feel like before when you were here um, illegally and you were applying for a U visa and you were contributing to society, as they would call it, you were usually left untouched because you're going through the process. You're going, you know, through everything that you need to do, the proper channels to actually apply for a visa. And he does. And he's in the queue, right? There's like hundreds and thousands of people who are waiting for their turn to be approved or not approved. So... It used to be an okay space for you to be applying for a visa and the government not to harass you because you're going through the proper channels. But now, that makes me fucking nervous. The fact that he is going through the proper channels and they've had his information and that at the fucking blink of an eye or snap of a finger, they decide they can go get him for what reasons. And the fact that he's still uh, being held without bond is also troubling because he's not a threat to society. Um, he's not a flight risk. Um, why is he still being held? Like, why can't he get off on bail? So the whole thing is really weird to me. And it's very, very, very sad the way that his situation is being handled. I feel like they're trying to make an example out of him. I don't know. But basically, not a good time to laugh. And then People start dragging her. People start dra dragging Demi. Um, I don't think it's okay. I think it's distasteful and inappropriate for people to be using her addiction to drugs in the past or her overdose as a form of kind of like retaliating against her or kind of like stabbing her or trying to hurt her. It's inappropriate, guys. Where the fuck is the empathy? Like, I get it. She's what She shouldn't have said what she said, but that's not appropriate. However... What I'm confused about is why she was so surprised that people were dragging her. Like, you're going on a social media platform, talking about someone who has a lot of fans, who is in a really shitty situation. Did you not think that his fans and people that support him, celebrities, people in general, were going to come and say something? Like, let's not act shocked. The internet did not was not invented yesterday. Twitter's been going around for a long time. I don't know why celebrities get so surprised when they start to get dragged. Just don't fucking make a comment. You, like, not everything needs to be tweeted about. Not everything needs to be said, okay? If you're adding value and you're saying something of value and it's important and you need to use your voice, absolutely, 100%. You should be using your platform for those types of things. But for people to be 
making comments about something like this when you might think it's innocent, sure, but someone's life is like being turned upside down, this is not a good time. So don't act surprised when you're being dragged. I will say, uh, it's really crazy to me that she got dragged so bad and Chris Brown, not really. People were laughing about the fact that Offset and Chris Brown were going to fight. And that was a whole thing of its own, which I thought was really interesting. Like people really went hard on Demi, but not so much on Chris. So, okay guys, before I move on to the last segment, I just forgot to say this in the BTS. Um, it's February, okay? This is the second week of February, and Alina just now gave me my Christmas present. This is a fucking habit every single holiday. I get my birthday present, like, maybe August, September, if I'm lucky, and then I get my Christmas present February. I think one year you gave it in March. I'm just, it's like spring, and it's Merry Christmas, and then she dates the card, uh, 12, 25, 18, like, bitch, you know, you just wrote this card yesterday, so don't try to date it like it was December 25th, and don't shake your head at me, okay, I don't, you know, I'm not complaining, like, I love getting gifts any time of year, it's kind of exciting, because it's like, I just got a gift randomly, you know, so thank you, but one of the gifts that she gave me, I love my gifts, Lena, by the way, thank you, one of the gifts she gave me, you guys, I guess I'm just going to give it away, it's like a little secret, but there are these leggings. I haven't tried them on yet because she just gave it to me and I was already dressed in this uh, form-fitting dress. Um, one of the gifts she gave me were these leggings that have, what is it, silicone? They have silicone in the thighs part. Okay, so if you're thinking like butt pads, no, that's not what they are. They're not like little butt pads. It doesn't like make your, your butt bigger or anything like that. Like your butt is still your butt and still feels like your butt through the leggings. But the silicone's like around the thigh area, so it like tightens the thighs and lifts your ass. I'm not sure my ass needs to be lifted anymore, but I mean, actually everyone can use a butt lift. So I'm gonna try them on. I don't believe they're workout leggings. I think they're like athleisure. The brand is called Mama Cinch, which is so cute. All right. So we're going to move on to the Dropping Gems segment. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome to part two of episode six, Dropping Gems. So in honor of Valentine's Day this week, which is on Thursday, I thought I would focus on like a love and relationships topic. And since a lot of people get engaged on Valentine's Day, let's talk about the proposal. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to take this um, fake engagement ring and put it on my hand um, for the sake of this video, okay? Maybe if I put it on, I look like I know what I'm talking about. All right. By the way, just a disclaimer, I'm discussing heterosexual um, relationships today, meaning what society and science have deemed as male and female um, based on sex organs, okay? That's what we're talking about. This is my focus. Um... Basically, I'm talking about what I know, okay? But I do eventually want to talk about this role, like a, the role of a proposal, who proposes to who in relationships of the same sex. I'm really interested in that. So maybe one day I'll get to do that and talk to somebody. If you don't believe in marriage, that's fine. But don't leave the podcast. It's still going to be good, okay? It's going to be interesting, I promise. All right, let's get to it. So every time... I log on to Facebook or I'm on my Explorer page on Instagram. I see someone's engaged or someone's jumping out of a fucking plane and proposing on Instagram, okay? So let's start with the obvious, the ring. Don't let me tell you 
how to live your life, okay? I did some research because I just didn't know much about it except like what I liked. So the general consensus of how much to spend on a ring in most of the articles that I read was three months worth of your gross salary, which means what you make before taxes. So if you make $80,000 a year, you should spend $20,000 on a ring. That might sound crazy to some of you guys, especially like millennials with college debt, I know, but that's basically what is recommended when you are purchasing a ring. And when you're shopping for a ring, you need to focus on the four C's, which is color, clarity, cut, and carrot weight, okay? Um, and the other thing that was recommended was to get two carrots and make sure that the diamonds are certified. So that's my research on the rings. The style of the ring, I don't know. You got to ask your girl, okay? I will say that you should definitely purchase within your means, Um I think there's a lot of pressure on the price tag, but you don't want to go broke buying somebody an engagement ring. But if you got it, don't be cheap, okay? If you don't want to spend all your money, but you have the money, there's always the opportunity of financing the ring, a credit card, whatever, a payment plan. Um, that exists as well. And then for those of you who are saying it's not about the ring, but what it symbolizes, I get it. I, I get it. But let's talk some real shit, okay? Let me break it down to you. This is the one thing, the one thing that your significant other has to wear every single day of their life. This is the one fucking thing. It's not a pair of shoes that you can throw on once a month. This is something that is on your finger every single day. She has to look at it. Her coworkers have to look at it. The neighbors have to look at it. This is something that is seen every single day. So I definitely think that you got to put some oomph in it, okay? Like, you got to put some thought. You have to save some money. Um, you got to make it pretty. Like, this is a big deal. This is the one thing, okay? I can't stress that shit enough. The one fucking thing that I got to look at every day, okay? And I want it to be pretty. And your girl wants it to be pretty. So keep that in mind when you're purchasing the ring. With that being said, do not guess, okay? If you don't fucking know, or maybe you have a slight idea which you might like, don't even guess. Ask the questions. Ask her friends to get the information out. I just think that, like, yes, I get it. It ruins, like, the element of surprise. I understand. But if you've already talked about marriage, then you probably, you, if you're going to propose, you're more than likely have already talked about marriage. So it's not going to be a surprise that, you're, that it's going to happen, right? So I definitely just say, Ask the questions. Don't assume. Like, just because somebody wears yellow jewelry all the time doesn't mean they want a yellow gold wedding band. Do you know what I'm saying? So with that being said, we're going to move on to the proposal. Let's be clear. I've never been proposed to. Um, never really imagined it either, to be honest with you. I honestly thought more about the ring than the proposal itself. <laughs> but I'm going to talk about the proposal and give you my thoughts about it. Um, there's no right or wrong way to propose, I don't think, but there's definitely examples closer to each scale, right? Um, this also varies from culture to culture. There's like arranged marriages, what happens if you're a part of a royal family, right? It's not, you're not just like popping down on one. I mean, you are, but like this has been a discussion that went on for a while before you propose. Um, or families that have like a, a ring is considered a family heirloom. So there's a lot that goes into the proposal, but I'm going to focus on the American culture kind of. 
I assumed that most people wanted a grand gesture. And interestingly enough, a lot of forums that I kind of read or researched, people were saying that they would prefer or did prefer a private proposal. But I also know people who have been proposed to in private and like although they said yes, they weren't really happy. They were kind of left disappointed. They wanted it to be in front of family or friends or they wanted it to be just something like bigger and crazier. So it really just depends on the person. But I will say that I think social media really made men have to like step their game up for proposals, right? You have people like hiring skywriters, jumping out of fucking helicopters, um, using jumbotrons, recording with a drone. I mean, it's getting out of control. And if I was a man, like I'd be kind of nervous too. But I will say, consider this. This is a story that will be told a million times. People are always curious, like, oh my God, how did he propose? So don't be the Netflix and chill guy. Don't like be watching a Netflix movie and look over and be like, so you want to get married? Like, don't do that. And I, and, I, and I have heard those stories. Don't do that. There's no effort in that. Um, there's no thought in that. So don't do that. I think for the most part, the proposal should just be aligned with who you are as a couple. Um, maybe your hobbies, uh, your interests, a favorite place. It should just be aligned with who you guys are. So, for example, I know a couple which had a very dramatic proposal. Like, they were doing a photo shoot together on a mountain or something, on a hill or on rocks, a cliff, I don't know, with the ocean in the background. And there was a photographer, and they were taking photos, and then the photographer was like, okay, now just you, and she's she's posing, and then he's like, okay, turn around, and she turns around, and he's on his knee, and then there's a drone in the air, and the drone is getting the whole thing, and if you're out, if you're outside looking in, you'd be like, this is so dramatic, this is just like too much, but I know the couple, and knowing a, that couple, it's so much of who they are, right, they do photo shoots together all the time, probably like once a month, they're very good looking, they have like all of their social media is filled with photos of them. Like that was very true and normal to who they are as people individually and as a couple. So if something like that is who you guys are, then fuck it, do it. If I look at the proposal from like a man's perspective, I could see why some men might like hesitate to propose. I think proposals can make men nervous living up to like their partner's expectations they don't want to leave them disappointed if it wasn't like kind of what they were expecting it's nice to have a grand gesture it's nice to have someone like hiding in the bushes and taking photos when you're proposing but it can also be very special if it's done in private um, you're keeping the focus on the proposal and that's kind of what matters if you have to worry about if the marching band is going to come in in time and do a fucking wedding song then you're worried about the wrong thing right um, in any case private or public I recommend that you know what you're going to say okay gentlemen I think you need to write it down rehearse it it's never going to be perfect because in that moment, like, you're so nervous. But definitely know what you're going to say. The last thing you want to do is get on that knee and just, like, start mumbling because you forgot what you're going to say. That's very important. So I was curious about proposals, and I did a poll on Instagram. I asked, um, fellas, would you want your girlfriend to propose to you? And 74% of men said no. And then I asked, 
ladies would you propose to your man? And a whopping 92% said, hell no. Okay, people were really, and they were like, not only tapping the no, they were DMing me and said, what the fuck? Why would you ask that? Like people were offended that I was asking that question. So it was, it's a strong no, right? And I had a few girls, which I think I thought was hilarious, that DM me and said, shit, I'm about to propose if you don't hurry up, right? So I thought that was funny. And then I asked the question. I said, ladies, for those of you who said you wouldn't propose to your man, why not? Um, some of the responses that I got back were very interesting. Some said he wouldn't want me to, which I agree. Like, I don't think my boyfriend, I know my boyfriend would not want me to propose to him. Like, he would want to do that. Um, some people said tradition, right? They're more traditional. Uh, chivalry, that was a thing. And a few people said if a man felt like he wanted to spend the rest of his life with me, he would ask. If a man realized that he needed me, then he should be proposing. I thought these were really interesting questions because they kind of insinuated that women are instantly ready to be engaged and we're just waiting on men. So I don't know how I feel about that. I got a lot of those. So maybe that's something that we need to talk about in another episode. But basically what I gathered was men don't want y'all to propose to them. So just don't do it. So in my case, I thought about my proposal. Like if I were proposed to, right? I don't think I have a preference of whether I want it to be in private or in public. Um, what I do know is that although it's a special day for me, obviously, like I'm being proposed to, I'm getting the ring, it's not only about me. And I think ladies need to really recognize that, that it's a part about our partner as well. I wouldn't want my significant other to be very, too nervous or just do it in a way that wasn't true to who they are. I would want them to be comfortable in that moment. And obviously most great things don't come from like areas of comfort. I get it. Um, I think effort and thought are very important, but I don't want them to be so nervous and uncomfortable that it no longer becomes meaningful. Like it becomes a spectacle. I said it right this time. My love language is words of affirmation. So to me, dialogue is really important personally. That's what I value the most is the words and the meaning behind the words and the actions behind the words. If someone is comfortable showing out and doesn't care who's around and wants to do a big thing and nothing around them phases them and they can get down on one knee and they can say what they mean and how they feel. That is beautiful to me. And if someone isn't comfortable with that and they would rather say something meaningful and have this conversation in private and propose in private, that's also very special to me. I don't have a preference. I just want there to be thought and um, it to be genuine and it to be an intimate moment and a comfortable moment in whichever way that it happens. So I think we need to think about it that way and not like go big or go home or like how big can you make it or kind of like, well, it's just going to be in private so I don't have to do much. I'll just grab some flowers and get on one knee, you know? Side note, for those of you who think getting down on one knee isn't cool, it is, okay? Just fucking do it. Like don't try to act hard. It shows that you're vulnerable. Um, and also stop putting rings and food. It's fucking disgusting. Nobody wants a ring coming out of a creme brulee, okay? Like, it's sticky, it's gross, and I might choke. So don't do that shit, all right? I really should have had a guy co-host with me on this one, um, but I think I'm going to revisit this topic with actually several different people because I'm really interested in this. Um, as a matter of fact, what I want to add to this, maybe when I do it with a guy, is 
what if you propose and the person says no? Does that mean the relationship is automatically over or is there still some hope in the relationship? Maybe the time's not right right now. So I kind of want to have a guess for that one. Maybe someone who, who got said no to, who got turned down. Is that you? Are you listening? If that's you, let me know because I kind of want to have you on the show. I, I, I want to I wanna know what happened after that. I'm really curious. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you watch this on YouTube, make sure to leave a comment and let me know how you'd like to be proposed to or if you've been proposed to or tell me about your ring. I love um, having conversations with you guys in my comment section. And don't forget to give it a thumbs up. Um, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And for those of you listening on a podcast app, make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and a review. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all, and we'll be back next week. And happy Valentine's Day, lovers.